I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana in 1949, the fourth of six daughters in a row. A son finally appeared in 1956, followed by another daughter in 1959, but that's another story. All of us, along with my parents and my maternal grandmother, lived in a post-war boom neighborhood of small, single-story frame houses, all of them standing on cinder blocks. Our house had originally been a two-bedroom model with a small, attached, one-car garage. My dad had supervised the first of what would be two remodelings by the time I was born, giving the house four bedrooms. The house had a large yard that wrapped around three sides, with a narrow yard between our house and the next one on the fourth side. There was plenty of room to run around, and we did. We rode our hand-me-down bikes, raced about on the cracked sidewalks with metal roller skates, skate keys flopping around our necks. The property was big enough to hold a good-sized mimosa tree or two for climbing, a swing set, and an improvised baseball diamond. It was a good place for kids to grow up, kids who were unaware of the segregation and poverty that our little neighborhood shielded us from. Our neighbors all looked like us, and lots of little kids, toys left out in yards, and the only fences were thick hedges through which we could always find a secret path. We played outside most of the time, even running through the afternoon thunderstorms, until lightning drove us inside. My dad began the second remodeling project around 1953, when my sixth sister, Laura, was born. My parents added a fifth bedroom, a family room, and a new kitchen. The old garage was knocked down and replaced with a carport closer to the front of the house. My dad, with help, converted the old concrete slab from the original garage floor into a truly unique above-ground pool. They added about four feet of cinder block around all four sides of the slab, a drainage hole at the bottom, and when that pool was filled with the garden hose, our yard was the hit of the neighborhood. Every kid around wanted to jump into the water, despite the roughness of the cinder blocks, which quickly wore through the seat of everybody's bathing suit. We jumped, splashed, played ball, and dove for pennies for hours in the heat and humidity of hot summer afternoons. In the evening, as the heat started to abate, one of our favorite games was hide-and-seek. One afternoon, thinking I was really clever, I climbed way up in the mimosa tree to hide. I was in view, but only if someone looked up. My sister Ellen was it. She found everybody else who was hiding, but nobody could find me. I stayed quiet as the other kids started to go home for dinner. I could tell that Ellen was mad she couldn't find me. She looked ready to give up, so I started calling her name. Ellen! Ellen! She looked all around the back of the house, under the bushes, even under the house, getting more and more frustrated. Finally, I said, Ellen, look up. She looked up and saw me in the tree, laughing at her. Oh, she was mad. She told me it wasn't fair to hide in a tree. I started to climb down, but missed a branch and fell to the ground at Ellen's feet. She jumped back. I'd fallen hard and landed flat on my back on the grass with enough force to knock the wind out of me. Ellen told me to get up. I couldn't get up. I couldn't even say anything even when she asked if I was okay. At my lack of response and the startled look on my face, 
She screamed and then ran around to the front of the house calling, Mommy, Mommy, Kathy's dead, Kathy's dead. A few minutes later, I got my wind back. I stood up, I walked off. That game was over. I found out later at dinner that Ellen had been almost hysterical when she got inside and that she dragged my mother, my grandmother, and a few older sisters outside to see dead Kathy, only to find nobody under the 